Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connection, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. My guest today is Daniel Fuchs. He's a self-described enigmatic consciousness scientist. He practices and teaches his own ideology, which he calls synabolics. He has defined it as the science of the connections between consciousness and the physical world. He uses various forms of meditation, physical training, and psychotherapy techniques to improve the quality of consciousness of an individual to help improve their physical, mental, and spiritual health. As a side note, Daniel and I met uh, while a visit in Washington, D.C., and we had such a powerful conversation, very, um, you know, what I call back to basics, and I say I must have you on the show, and we have to just exchange some thoughts. So hello, Daniel, and thank you for saying yes to Back to Basics. Definitely. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's good to see you again. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate the uh, offering, uh, just an opportunity to continue our conversation from early. Well, yeah, as I share, we were at an event at the House of Sweden and it was a very unexpected conversation and it was where we left invigorated and it was a really um, mind, mind, uh, let's say, challenge of the mind because it was so good and I felt like uh, we had little time. So why don't we start? Would you give us a little bit of your background? Where were you born and raised? A little bit of the early years of Daniel and what excited you as a as, as a younger boy. So Washington, DC, Southeast. Um, I started playing chess extremely early, and that was very uh influential in, in shaping my thought process about the world, looking at the world from different angles trying to think two, three, four, five, seven moves ahead in terms of my next decision. Uh, Looking at the different personality types of the people, um, I was taught chess as life. Uh, You see the board as your environment, the different people as different personality types and how they move is kind of how they move in the world. And then you just see yourself as the king of the board or, and then, that idea, that ideology changed from being the king on the board to being a person that sits at the board, which sounds the same, but it's slightly different. Mm. Um, but chess was a really big part of my childhood. Uh, I had both my parents both played chess, both played different sports, very active. Uh, Coming from that, it was just, I was a student. I was a professional student in a way. My parents didn't really want me to focus on very much more than being a student. Um, so I was, I've been reading early. I've always read books. I've always uh, just wanted to know more um, about life, what I, what my role is in life, how I should go about doing that, being a parent, these types of things. I'm having these thoughts at 12 you know middle school (laughs) so by the time I'm by the time I get to 20 30 you know it's it's it just became a a a growing process a a spiral of sorts where you keep uh getting the same lessons over and over again just at a higher form if you will different levels different devils type of thing um I uh do school I, I transfer schools a lot just you know, my parents were separated, so I would go back and forth between them, and that would make me change schools. And so I got a, a wide view of the DMV area, uh, mostly uh, DC and Maryland. I got a wide view of the DMV area and wanted to leave the DMV area to go to college. So I ended up going to University of Tampa for a year and a half, 
didn't you go to back. Florida. You you yeah. got a taste of Florida where I'm based. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and that was the whole world opening up to me because coming from South DC, we don't. It wasn't in the '90s and early 2000s. It wasn't as multicultural as it is now. Mm-hmm. So me going to Tampa was kind of my first introduction into multiculturalism, uh, other just other norms. You know, I've met people who had never physically seen Black people before. Like, so it was, you know, a culture shock to say the least. Um, but after leaving Tampa, I went there for a year and a half and I just was thrown into spirituality in different ways. Um I came back. My mother was uh, dealing with her asthma. She she was failing her 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 battle with her asthma. Mm. So I started to learn about asthma. I started to learn about the body and that type of thing. And it just led me down this rabbit hole of consciousness, of understanding and awareness, and realizing that we're very it's very much interrelated. People want to see the physical world and the spiritual world as separate versus one growing out from the other and yes. because of that we 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 have a I don't even know what word to use we just have a I don't know what word to use really it's just it's, it's not a really good co- connection with consciousness with death with uh with understanding and awareness with how evolution how that changes our interaction with our environment so I just started learning all of these things and I took a somewhat of a sabbatical from from everyday living, if you will, uh, for two, three years, where my day was reading, meditation, study, really cutting out the outside world's influence and just getting back to self, getting back to spirit, have you know whatever word you'd like to use. Then I started taking on clients once I felt once I felt like I got it, I had a good grasp on it. Um, and the entire time I was giving tidbits on social media, tidbits in real life, and people started to just see me as that type of character, that type of uh, personality, if you will. So they started to come to me with their questions. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make this transition. What book should I read? Or can you nudge me in this direction and et cetera. So that's so cool. That's that's where we are now, where I'm just building that out more into, into something that can affect more people versus just me doing one-on-one all the time. And while that is great, um, it just doesn't allow me to reach as many people just because of the time constraint. So I'm changing how I'm going about that. It's uh, very interesting. And, and and now after, you know, a few minutes of hearing you talk, I'm sure that uh, <laughs> the listeners are saying, oh, wow, this is like, this is exactly when we had that spontaneous conversation um, that we, we were both talking about things that relate to each other. And we had yeah. some, somebody else in the conversation. And we were saying that how empowering is to have a conversation like that like we are so disconnected from the physical world and then that was a business event and so you hear the conversations going on it's all about other products and selling and all thing and here we are just (laughs) talking about life and spirituality and and you know and you said and and we related that sometimes it's lonely because you don't find that many people that you can talk about those about those things and you were saying that that happens to you sometimes where you feel that you cannot uh, engage in in the conversations uh, you want to engage sometimes, and as I, it happens to to me too. I think it happens a little bit to everybody. So that's part of your mission is to amplify the message somehow. Right. I found that oddly enough, it's the political correctness that I find that separates people from understanding. So. There, people will try so hard to not use certain phrases, not use certain words, slang, and ebonics and that type of thing. But that affects more people than you know the Queen's English, if you will. You know, so they when 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 they go say to church or when they go to a lecture, you know, usually you, you're getting spoke, you're being spoken to from a perspective and with a word choice that. You know, you may not understand the reality of, you know, America, unfortunately, is most 
most younger people can't don't have good reading comprehension. They don't really have good vocabularies in that way. So, you know, you go up and, and you're ready to, you know, say these findings that you found and you have all these terms and, you know, you're speaking in certain ways. It, it just doesn't, doesn't really click with most people's minds. But what I found was as I, as I stopped trying to do that and I used my slang and ebonics and I started using, you know, curse words, if you will, you know, whatever words needed to be said to, to get the message across. As I started to do that, I got a lot better feedback from the people that I was working with because they they could more readily see themselves in it mm-hmm. versus somebody Absolutely. like somebody way up, you know, quote unquote above them trying to raise them up, you know, in a way they kind of see themselves as peers first. So then they can relate to the perspective first. So Absolutely. the understanding comes behind it a lot much easier, much easier. Absolutely. And I think it goes with empathy as well. Like you can never, you can never uh, pretend that somebody else is going to value your opinion if they feel that you're so disconnected from their own experience or their own perspective that it's almost like you're teaching me a lesson without having never been where I'm at. And I think that's where where your point of view um, is very valuable. And, 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 and we talked about this right before we started, like how, right. what's the tone of the podcast? And, and my answer was be yourself and be, be authentic. Open. I think that that goes a long way. And it, it might be, it might be shocking at first, but then people understand what you're trying to do or what you're doing. And right. you're just connecting at different levels. Like you don't talk to children with advanced language you talk right, to children exactly. in children's you know simply simple words we choose it because we want to connect with them we want to have right. an impact on them and i right. and i think it's 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 uh powerful what you're trying to do because you you understand there's people that need that connection mm-hmm. uh and you have tools and 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 language that you can use to connect and and mm-hmm. and i think and i think that that is um you know great and so so talk talk to us a little bit about you, the science you you created or which uh you called um synabolics. Tell, tell me a little bit more about that so synabolics, the term itself is a combination of two words a synchronicity or syncing and the the suffix of bollocks or just the creation of so the goal is when we think of anabolic catabolic we're just thinking about changes within the body and that type of thing. So I wanted to put those two words together in that living a holistic life means that you're taking accountability for each small part, knowing that it will reflect and refract in different areas. And basically what that means is anything you do in one aspect of your life is going to bleed into other aspects. If you're lazy about your schoolwork, you'll probably be lazy about your actual work. You know, you may be lazy about your relationship. You may be lazy about your self-care. You may be lazy about any, you know, anything. And that's just an example. And then on the conversely, if, you know, you're a hard worker when it comes to your work, you know, you may go above and beyond for those other things. And that's how I think your exercise your mindset um and it just teaches the idea that as you raise your awareness every cell in your body awareness is raised as well mm-hmm. so you you're, you're teaching your cells the same way you're teaching your brain and that follows you that follows you into the world that follows you into your personal time and with the heart and mind being somewhat of a antenna satellite type mm-hmm. deal if you will you know you kind of put that into the world and then other people who are vibrating on that same frequency energy is just you think of it as coincidence but it's actually a whole lot more math and science that's actually happening that people just don't think of it it, it, it it's just not a part of our culture to say you know, my my energy caused this reaction to happen or my energy caused me to meet this person or how I'm thinking about the world manifested this into my life. These are, these are phrases that are becoming popular now, but 
you know, for as long as, I, you know, I can remember, it's always been about just, you know, happenstance or coincidence or, you know, uh, uh, God's plan and these types of things. And my concept of all of these things are more in line with conscious awareness and probability than it is some external thing that you have no back and forth interaction with. People just see that interaction as one-sided where the environment puts itself upon you and you have no, you have no power or no pull, if you will, on that. And I've come to, to learn that the more you know, and the more that you attempt to execute through your through your intention, you you end up increasing your probability. That's the best way to say it. Mm-hmm. You increase your probability um, to to make the possible thing happen. So the 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 pillars that I'm more or less stand on is is uh, intention, possibility, probability, preparation, execution. I love it. So. But the, all of it starts out with conscious awareness of what it is. You know, you can't solve a problem until you identify it or even identify that a problem even could happen. And, you know, that goes all the way back into being humble and self-awareness and, and uh, self-perception, just trying to understand yourself. What do you want? Who are you? Um, what, what traumas have you been through in the past? Would, how did they manifest into defense mechanisms and your parents' uh, karmatic debt and that type of thing. Having to learn these things, it used to be a part of culture. We used to teach, you know, children astrology. You know, we don't even learn that until college if we do, you know, right? We used to teach children biology because they had a body. The, the idea of speaking to them in lesser tongue is a modern day concept because a, a, a child is a sponge. If I teach my, my son's four years old, if I teach my child a four syllable word, five syllable word, he didn't know it before the same way I didn't know it before I learned. But the difference is he has no frame of reference. So if I give him that original frame of reference, if I called him in here now, <laughs> he would be speaking in words and, and in yeah. sentences and things. And, and people would be like, oh, he's three, he's four. You know, like that's, it's just not normal just because how I think about the brain and consciousness and awareness. It's like, give it to my, my phrase now is I don't want to give you too much, but I don't want to take anything from you. Mm-hmm. When I when I go to explain yeah. things, yeah, yeah, yeah. where it's like, I don't want to talk over your head, but at the same time, I don't want to talk too low and then you're you you know you're thinking that I'm speaking down on you it's been very interesting right I figure that balance out yeah no I I believe it and and that was gonna be um a next question because it's a challenge I think once you once you I like to say when you're paying attention to your attention, like that's the first that's, step. Yeah, it's it's paying attention to what you're giving attention to. And yeah. and that it's really, I think, how you kind of start that awakening in people, you know, and how you can prompt people to to awaken. But uh, as we uh, spoke when we first met, it, it's hard because everything you say like resonates with me because I'm I'm on a same path and I like to read. And so it was, right. that's how we connected. And we had a great conversation because we right. kind of see eye to eye on all these concepts, concepts about, you know, uh, intention and all these. The challenge comes when you when you see somebody that wants to kind of change their situation. They right. they they say they're ready, they want to change, but you can tell they're not paying attention to their attention and they right. are really like not focusing intentionally on things that can really create that shift. So right. I'm curious to know, like that's okay. Let's say I'm a potential client and I'm like, right. everything you sound, sound good, but I'm stuck. I, I don't know how to move from where I am and, and I'm not mm-hmm. there yet. What, 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 what would you say? Um, so this actually happens to me a lot uh, because the people who come to me, they typically, they know that something's wrong, but don't know what's wrong and don't know how to fix it. So that, that happens a lot. Um, what I find is 
I try to resonate with them on something that they actually care about already. Mm-hmm. That they may already be doing most of that thing, either right or with intention at the very least. So then we start from there. So like I said about chess, I learned chess in a way that resonated with me because I'm already a, a psychological person. So it was taught to me with psychology in it, you know, embedded uh, in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same thing I would go with a client. I would see their interests, the type of things that they're into already, and then try to weave growing in that into growing personally. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing I, I, I find the most uh, helpful. Second is uh, I try to do things that everybody does. So we talk about diet. The, th- the, the things that we eat, uh, the music that we hear, the things that we see, we talk about the different things that everybody just does. And we try to create discipline around something easy. So whether that be, you know, uh, uh, whether that be instead of, you know, for a couple of days out of the week, you know, instead of listening to music as a background noise, you might put on a binaural beat or something. You might put on, you know, a, a motivational podcast or something that'll change that that just has your mindset vibrating on a different frequency to say, you know, I see this problem. I can actually do something about this. It, something can actually be done about this. Um, another tool I use is a natal chart in mm-hmm. uh, in uh, zodiac in uh, uh, astrology and astronomy. It, they use a natal chart. And for your listeners that don't know, you take the date that you were born, the time that you were born and the location that you were born. And it shows you different points in the sky, where there's a plant, different planets, different stars, different mathematical points. And it shows you the energy that you were born with. And it's much, I find it much easier to, to, for a person that has no, no awareness of themselves at all. Let's just start from that person. Uh, that I has love no that, by the way. I love you know both my kids have a natal chart. Perfect. I I I gave one. I it's a gift I give to people because I'm with you. I think that energy, even if you don't believe or whatever it is, the planets and your position in the universe was specific and it it can be traced and and to the moment where you were came into life. And so something, something it must have influenced. I I, am of a firm believer of that so interesting point to start I like that it's 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 difficult to argue if you understand the symbols Mm -hmm. it's I've had clients where I had just met them I I I could I couldn't have picked them out of a lineup at -hmm. all but at the same time by the time we finished the natal chart they're looking at me as if I've known them all their lives like it's Mm -hmm. no way I could know half the things that I know just from looking at where the planets are I can tell you about your, your parents. I can tell you about past relationships. I can tell you about maybe, you know, the, the possibility of futures. Like, I've said, said things to people, they're like, they're, they were almost scared that I was on the phone. They were thinking I was some type of stalker or something. Like, <laughs> nah, like, it's, it's written in, in the fiber of your being. People don't see themselves, people don't see themselves as crystalline light. Let's just start there. If, if you saw yourself as a crystalline light being, then it's, then it's easier to think to yourself that the light from the sun and how the light reflects off of the other planets affects you the same way how the moon affects our water. If you're 80, 70, 80% water, you would think that the moon that's also shifting the rest of the water is also shifting you in a way. So it's just about consciousness. Do you understand that these things are real first of all and that they exist and that they affect you once we get there and we start talking it out and you start understanding it at at a basic level you're able to then almost calculate yourself you know what the next thing I'm gonna say is and then that's when I know we're on the road Mm -hmm. because you'll start to get it as a part of natural conversation Mm, but it's very very interesting yeah, natural conversation and, and just like I said re- resonating it into something that they're already into somebody likes sports 
I have different references that can show you, okay, the, the correlation between how you think about sports, how you think about yourself, how you go about solving a problem, how you go about perceiving a problem should somebody tell you, your interaction with people. You can, you can just tell anybody who's a fanatic or, or a hobbyist at a thing that, that does something with, you know, with their own intention with their self and they put themselves into that thing you can see other aspects of their life embedded in them doing the action of that whatever it is mm -hmm. so whether you're driving on the street you know if you're driving and you see somebody who you know they, they may put on a blinker but they don't ever take the lane mm -hmm. okay well you may not be as decisive of a person you know what I mean like just small things like that and you can just as we talk, as, as the time goes on and I'm learning more about you, I can give you better uh, references and relatable, you know, parables, if you will, to get you into the thought process. I don't even, the goal isn't even really to teach you anything. It's just about to expand your thought process and expanding your, your ability to, to critically think and calculate. And that it changes people. It changes people's whole lives. It changes people's whole perspective base. And I find that I find that it's it sticks more when you don't give them the answer. Mm -hmm. Like let them come to the answer. Like if, if I'm just asking you 30 questions, by the end of it, yes. you will come to the answer on yes. your own. And then I find that that sticks much more than me just saying, you know, the, the answer to number one is A, the answer to number two is, you know, Absolutely. Also because the person has to answer. So right. the fact that they're putting it in their own words, in their own right. words, exactly. now you're committing to it. Now it's right. not this guy or this person that told me this. Now it's right. me saying it and to hear it out loud in my own voice has already a changing effect, I believe. It does. It does. I find that the voice, the, the, the thought process is one, but the voice is definitely next, mm -hmm. long before action. Mm -hmm. It has to be, it has to be a, a, a visible sight in your mind. The whole, you know, if the brain can conceive and believe it can achieve type of thing. You know, you, you have to conceive of it first, think about it, have a visualization in your mind, feel the emotions attached to it, be able to take words and describe it then vocalize it all before you've even moved and and it's a long process i'm sure that you have people saying well i'm doing everything right i'm definitely more awake <laughs> than yeah. i was before but right. there's nothing is changing like i see changes here and there they say but this is a long process so that so that that speaks to the side that most quote-unquote spiritual people don't speak to and that's why I feel like I have different results um there's a shadow side to it all so mm -hmm. this whole conversation we've been kind of talking about like enlightenment and light mm -hmm. and bringing things into the light and that type of thing but there, there there's also a shadow self or what or what some psychologists would call just the self-conscious or unconscious it's the brain is constantly recording every stimulus you know we're sitting here now but you you hear a car outside you hear a bird chirping you hear you know this and that other conversation make you hear whatever you hear you see you know we walk outside we see this we see that and our brains are like doing a rough filter if you will to try to keep you paying attention and and being able to survive and keep yourself healthy in a way um though that stimulus like i said is roughly filtered but your subconscious still keeps it all so say you had a traumatic experience okay you may have had to wake up next day and go to work you didn't really have a time to really focus on it and and dive into it what lessons was i supposed to learn here what could i have done better self-reflection type of thing most people don't even have the time let alone take the time for self-reflection so you do that 10 15 20 25 years there's all of this 
mush, if you will. There's no other word to use. Mm-hmm. There's all of this mush that's just semi-filtered through the stuff. And that plays out as random occurrence, as quote unquote random occurrence. But if you track them the same way how you go to a typical therapist or a good therapist, if you will, a typical therapist and it tracks back to the root cause, there's always a root cause mm-hmm. to any situation that's going on. And the, the quicker you can find that root cause, the quicker we can figure out, okay, well, maybe if we shift your perspective on this, you see it differently. And our brains work in such a way that the neural pathways become stronger with emotional content. So if you have a traumatic experience that also elicited high emotion, then it's it's just a stronger brain cell. Mm -hmm. So then we have to go in and figure out, okay, can we create a new pathway Mm -hmm. to that thought or can we eliminate that whole thought process altogether because it doesn't really fit the reality that we're living today a lot of times we create um defense mechanisms that help us survive in the moment but then as time goes on those defense mechanisms actually become our walls our prison cell you know that kind of keep us really in the mindset of when we had the trauma you can have a trauma at 16 you have a person that's 40 50 years old still living out that 16 year old trauma yeah you know still living out those defense mechanisms and you're sitting and you're like it served you when you were 16 but today it's just it's keeping you from being you in a way you know you're not even yourself anymore and I and I find that point when people get to that point they're like oh yeah I remember being bullied for this thing or I remember you know my parents said this to me and it made me feel this type of way and I just kept it you know, it, it just becomes a part of your self-perception at that point. And as we start to shift that the self-perception as it relates to individualism, like yourself, and as it relates to your interaction with the world, I, I have yet really to have a client where once we've gotten, like I said, the NATO chart and that together, that something didn't immediately, immediately just change mm. with you know with with I, I, I again I have yet to have a client that didn't that stayed with me for some amount of time because some people just they don't they say that they do but then when they see what what, what it takes they they tend to that sometimes they won't want to continue and that's happened to me maybe twice mm-hmm. in eight years I guess okay so you know it doesn't really happen very often but when it does happen it's usually a person that's that's that they feel that this situation is so insurmountable mm-hmm. and I try to explain to them like you know one percent a day matters you know one percent a day a half a percent a day of improvement matters and we can do those small things daily yes you know and some people they hear that and they're like all right let's try it some people they hear that and they're like nah it just sound like too much like I'm, I'm, I'm okay, you know, I'm content at the very least with where I am, yeah. you know, and yeah. sometimes, most of the time, they actually cycle back around to me way later on. Yeah. So we'll have a conversation and then years later, months later, whatever it needs to be, whatever life needs to happen to them before they realize it, they end up coming back like, okay, I see what you were saying then, all right, I'm ready <laughs> for you. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and that's uh, fine because this is a lot of it is timing. It's timing. It is. And, and they say the teacher shows up when you need it. Students ready, needs, definitely. Yeah, and I, I do believe that. And I do believe that there's things, even in my life, that I've said, okay, yes, but not now. Like right, at this yeah. point, even your self-awareness can help right. you identify where to where to pay attention. And I say yes, and, and it sounds exciting. And I hear my I, I hear my body wanting to do this. Right. But but is is it like that strategy also that you mentioned before? When you have the ability to think strategically and say yes, but not now, I think that's yeah. also a powerful point to be in to recognize that also life presents you with a lot of little tricks, you know, also yeah. to test how focused you are because they're also in my opinion a lot of these can can really unfocus from the 
ultimate goal that you have set for yourself, let's say for a year? And you say sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes um, I find more. So I try to I try to code switch, if you will. So there are certain people that I, that I'll give a aesthetic, for lack of a better word, uh, like all encompassing change. And then there's some people that's just like, I, you know, we need to start out with when you first wake up in the morning, just do three affirmations real quick, you know, before (laughs) you start moving. And those minute things, they end up counting for much more than even they understand when they first start. So I, I, I try to just figure out, you know, what interventions I can give to each individual client that 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 just resonates to their specific situation. Um, because some people can't make super aesthetic switches and change everything, go take everything out of the refrigerator, go to, <laughs> but you know, there, there, there's certain there's certain situations where that's just not feasible. You know, it's not as as credible to do in that way that quickly. And that's fine. You know, when it comes, especially when, as it relates to my entrepreneurial crowd, Mm-hmm. my business-minded folk you know people who you know, even people who go to work nine to five and they just had a schedule out it's like those i find that those people it's more about pragmatism can i can i can i involve or can i change this in my day-to-day without it really shifting my day-to-day can i say okay well i already eat three times a day you know, and I used to eat here, here, and here. Can I just make small swaps instead of, you know, a whole big change or, you know, just trying to figure out what interventions we can make on a minute level that will cascade into bigger changes. Mm, right. You know, the exactly. goal isn't to change an individual in one day that, you know, that's kind of crazy. Absolutely. And we, we've spoken a lot about, you know, the individual, but I think at the end of the day, the goal is to change as a society. And, uh, and then most of us, you know, even on this path, we, we are not that bullish on that idea because we see that it's harder and harder. And when you think like mm-hmm. the pandemic was a ray of hope because you saw people like embarking in, you know, a lot more personal growth and all that, then then you have other, you know, stay day-to-day affairs that, you know, even the war in Russia and things that are happening in yeah. the world that really uh, get you a little bit disappointed in the way, like, is the world ever going to realize that it's right. not through fight and war and division and all these that we're going to achieve great things. It's, it's embracing love and unity and all these things that people think they are cliche and it's like, oh yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, I I have an interesting viewpoint on that. All right. Um, I think I think we're living in a situation where we're living in life right now, and and and, and we're seeing corrections. That's mm-hmm. the best way I can say it. Um, where the, we've had a history that has so much inequity and just unfairness just just around the world in different in different places and we have powers you know that be different countries that want to put their will on the world after the after the fact so you have a you have a you know if we want to talk about slavery and that type of thing and then people got out of slavery and then the 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 integration of that into the world while the whole world is seeing this group as a certain thing them getting out of that is a process and then other countries dealing with it that don't have the same type of freedoms if you will are going through that process so us being such an interconnected species in that way i think that just like in mathematics you end up with a correction eventually where the, so much so many different things have to happen to course correct you know we've gone through so much um of sabotage of disenfranchisement that type of thing in different parts of the world where you have dictators that's been set up you have 
this ideology that's been set up. And the only real way to course correct is is being negative towards the negative. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? A negative yeah. times a negative is a positive type of thing. Yeah. So you end up in a world today where riots, wars, this and that is going on on both sides where you have conquerors that are trying to take over things, but then you have people that are trying to take back over their self, you know, uh, self just de- defining, you know, they're able to define themselves in their life and that type of thing. And you have that battle and you can't, it sounds good to be able to say, fit, you know, complete fairness, equal uh, uh, opportunity and that type of thing. But to get to that, you have to, in some ways, fight fire with fire. It's, 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 no, it, it's no real way to make mass change where you have a situation where you have obvious winners and obvious lo- you know, losers in the game of, you know, the economics game, if you will, if you just want to start there, the economics game. You can't, it's hard to tell the winner to give you more points. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. so because of that, you know, people that play sports, we have somewhat of a, a clear understanding of you just got to keep fighting it out, you know, until triple zero, until, until the clock stays zero, you still got time. And for the people that's like us and we're having this conversation, we can see and we can think about things from different perspectives. It's really up to us, like, to, to, to come together and come to an idea that that works. That works. It's no, it's not a real way to say it. That works. Um, what you find is a lot of ideals where it's just it sounds good in theory, yeah. but in terms of getting it from there to here, there's no real way. There's no real stepping stone way to get from one side to the other without, like how you said, like a war in Ukraine or something, or whether it's like, you know, a a, a gang, a gang that says they want sovereignty over their own land so if america would come say of america for example go into a country and they want to establish democracy or whatever the case may be but then the people there are like we're good the way we live yeah who's right you know Absolutely. we live here you don't and that, but us being you know more developed we think we got it right and they yes. think they got you know it's yeah. so we it's course correcting it's always as long as there's, as long as it, it, it's kind of a catch twenty two in a way, double edged sword. Yeah. Where because humans have subjectivity, we aren't all locked into the same objective truth, like mm-hmm. our animals would be. I love that. Yes. So be, because of that, until we get, until we get to a point where. Like how you said earlier, it kind of goes back to that term empathy. The, the the winners have to empathize with people who don't have it. And if that doesn't happen, there's always a fight. Yeah, yeah. Because there's only a limited amount of space that people want to go to. If we look at where people vacation, most people like to vacation in the same type of environment. You want to go to the beach. You want to go to where it's temperate you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, tropical, you, you like trees, nature, you know, you want clean water and it's nice sunlight, just, you know, in, in a calm, cool environment. Most people want that. Mm-hmm. But when you end up in a situation where, like I said, when, when you have the history that you've had coming into today's world, you get people that say, okay, I want a vacation, but I don't want to see this. I don't want to be around this. Yep. I don't want to, you know, share even space with this. So then it becomes it. It as long as we have objectivity, unfortunately, there's always the possibility of war fighting in some type of way, and Absolutely. it's gonna play itself out. Unfortunately, absolutely. And what do we do about that? You know, what do we do about the fact that people have differing opinions? Because that's a good thing. It allows us to innovate, allows us to be unique 
and have our own unique expression. But at the same time, because of that, we can disagree. So because we can, and males especially tend to settle their disagreement with with aggression or physical aggression, you're, you're, you're kind of always gonna have that. You know, you're kind of always gonna have the 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 rotten fruit. You're always, some rotten fruit somewhere. You know, it, it sounds good that all fruit get eaten and, you know, <laughs> nothing gets wasted and, you know, nothing has to die. Like, it sounds good in theory, but, you know, a lion and a gazelle. A lion is chasing a gazelle. This, this, is one of the, this is one of the examples I like to give. A lion is chasing a gazelle. And both of them are asking God for help. Mm-hmm. Who's right? you know should should the lion get the help to eat that day or should the gazelle get the help to live that day like it, it's very it's very hard to, it's a great to, example to, yes it's Absolutely. very hard to knock war or battle or competition it's very hard in theory and practice to really knock that out because because of that if i have to eat something else has to go and if they want to survive, I, I, you know. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the, you know, the concept, problem. the concept that helped me a lot. I don't know if you're familiar, but probably you are because uh, we like the same stuff. Uh, Carolyn Mice, and she's a great mystic teacher. And she defines the difference between universal truth and truth. Mm, and yeah. that was so helpful for me when I first heard that explanation. And, and she says it, but I invite everybody to look it up. But it says that universal truth is something that is truth, is a truth for everybody, for, for the universe. Right. We die, we are born and we live. And we are born right. and we die. That's a right. universal truth. Universal truth. If we don't eat, we die. Universal we die. truth. Universal like, truth. That's a universe. Then a true statement can be true for different per- people. Right, and different people, same different It's exper- same experience, yeah. but your truth is different than mine because we come right. back, we come from different set of circumstances. Different that right. doesn't make it not true, right. but it's not the truth. The truth. And so, yeah. and and so, I think when you base all conversations on, you know, like the uh, universal truth is nobody should die violently. Right. I think very you know. few people. I mean, the person that says no, we should. That then you know that person really is probably right. an outcast. But the majority right. would agree the, that's a universal truth. Right. And so I think that when you put it like black and white like that, um, you know, it starts even when you in my own arguments, I argue different since I heard that because then right. I say my true statement, right? Yeah. Not someone else's true statement, and we cannot right. convince others based on true statement we can com- maybe convince them based on universal truth right and that's that's that differentiation that you made between universal truth and and like i said sub- i call it subjective truth is just is 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 the is most of the problem yes we don't really learn people don't really learn universal truth anymore a lot of a lot of what's being seen as universal truth is actually more closer uh, to educational indoctrination and anything, you having a belief system that somebody else believes and then they teach it to you and then you teach it to your kids. That's more what we see than let's start at universal truth and work backwards. You Absolutely. know, we end up working towards universal truth as we get later on in life instead of, okay, teach the children universal truth and then they'll figure it out. Right? It's, it's to me, to me, is is it's it's one of the things that make humans so perfect that we're able to see things beyond the obvious, mm. you know, beyond like you know what it is. You know, you can take a butter knife and turn a flathead screw. You know what I mean? Like the non-functional thickness of it, where we can look at a situation and say, "This is obviously this," but I think we could, you know, mm-hmm. rearrange it in this way or, you know, be creative in that way. I think that's one of the, the greatest things about being human. But at the same time, it introduces us to the possibility of problems. Mm-hmm. Because you don't, you, you, 
so like in the uh for example in the Jewish culture they see angels as actually below humans because all angels can do is follow the will of God and they can't do anything outside of that while humans can and not so that actually makes us slightly more powerful in a way Mm-hmm. And I and I liken it to that in that you really don't want to only live by universal truth because it'd be boring. <laughs> you wouldn't do anything. It, well, you would be the equivalent of you know a, a ant or something. You know that just there. Yeah, old. you couldn't because life is experiential by definition. Right. So by we definition. couldn't live on a universal truth only because we well, have to go through life. That's that that's a, okay. We can say that now because of the complexity. But we got if if we think like we only got to this point because that's possible. But if we were only animals live according to universal truth, yeah, they don't yeah. they don't do anything outside of survival, yeah. Yeah. you know, reproduction, you know, what it is that their biology is is and, and tells them to do. And that's all they do. You know, they mm-hmm. may have some recreation, but even their recreation is 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 but an aspect in in the training aspect. So my son watches a show called uh, I can't even think of the name of the show offhand, but it's about animals and how they how they uh socialize. Yes. So you see you see all of the animals. Their 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 fun in a way is practicing survival. So you'll have small lions that are fighting each other you know mm-hmm. biting each other and this and the third you may have mice um, a family of mice where they're not fighting they're learning how to chase each other so they can run away faster mm-hmm. you know be good at mm-hmm. running away so all of their actions even in their recreation is about survival in some type of way so they never really leave that universal truth us being humans and having a type of mind that we had a type of brain that we had that we can contemplate and have subjective experience we can create other versions of life if you will mm-hmm. that's outside of universal truth and say okay this is a perspective that i want to build on and then those perspectives were built on outside of quote unquote universal truth so we can say that now that you know we can't because of the inter you know the intermingling and interconnectedness but that's only a result of not over the course of time, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. We've had we've had uh, civilizations that's been wiped out where they had to just move. They couldn't take all their books and they learned and then they nodded. So, you know, the stories was the only thing passed down. And anybody who's ever played a game of telephone, if y'all know what that is, where, you know, you whisper into the next person. Oh, yeah, yeah. By the time it gets back powerful. to you, the message, yes. the message <laughs> is never the same. Never, never. You know, so that's it's, a powerful it's, game. It's that, you know, it's, it's that played out on a 5 billion, 8 billion people scale, you know, where Absolutely. the story just changes as different people hear it, as different people tell it. And I think because we have something like this, like the Internet, I, I think the Internet and the Internet and the different things that were built on the Internet are course correcting things where we actually have a record. We yes. actually could say this happened. Yes. You know, yes. you know, it's not just a story, it's not just a perspective, it's not just a subjective thing. No, this happened, it was recorded, we got the video, we got the audio. And even the, then, and even, and even then, then right? and even then, let's say and even then. So Daniel, yeah. I know you're definitely gonna come back on the show because I I, I think we can do um a session on all these different subjects and i knew because you 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 have so much knowledge and just uh, amazing perspective but i i never like to end an interview without saying is there anything else that we well we have touched on so much and not too much on what you're doing but what is exciting you at this very moment or do you have anything that you want to share with the audience anything in particular and if not just share what's making you tick these days um, I could go with what's making me take these days. I, I've, I've leaned into music a lot. I've, I've found that uh, music and dance and that type of thing um, really resonates with people cross-culturally, cross-language, cross a lot of different things. But yeah, m- music is what's making me take these days. I'm realizing that people are, people listen to music almost 
more than teachers, more than lecturers, more than most anything. Um, and they take their cues about their views of the world. I'm seeing that music artists are like the modern day prophets. They're able to take the world, make sense of it, verbalize it in such a way that elicits emotion. Mm -hmm. And what I'm seeing is the people who are doing the, the most musical or, or the music that's being pushed the most isn't the most enlightening or isn't isn't leading them down a the direction that actually people want to go into. Mm -hmm. You're seeing a lot of uh I would call it reality song, you know, reality music in that they are talking about their reality, but at the same time, if you only give one perspective of that reality, then the thought process is only going to go in that way. Yeah. So I would I, I want to come in and and give a different perspective of you know the world what we should do about it how we can be moving um I, I see that as very powerful because it uses it uses both sides of the brain and everybody listens to music you know everybody listens to some form of music. You know, whether it's your cultural music from where you're from, whether you're just online and you're seeing what's popular, you have friends that listen to music that's, that's on the radio, the, the entertainment aspect of things, it's almost needed. Like, it's, it's needed. With all the podcasts that's coming out that, that's replacing radio in a way, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you know, you have different, different ideas that are coming out on different platforms. And everything uses some form of music um to just elicit emotion so that's I, i'm 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 diving more into that these days more into music more into um understanding music theory like that's what my study is now like relearning the piano awesome um, learning the guitar and and different wind instruments and just understanding music production and engineering that's what my focus is these days but as it relates to everything else we were saying like i'm i'm getting a space together to do the rest of it so guided meditations and these type of things so people can tap into their mind and body um places where we can go over natal charts and astrology for individuals uh yoga to different degrees and uh, the training to different degrees again to get the mind more in connection with the body you find that the better that connection the better the mind actually works mm -hmm. even when it's just contemplating so you know we do our yoga to connect ourselves to ourselves and to light which is a whole other conversation yeah um and the more you do it and the deeper you do, not even the more you do it in terms of times, like the amount of times that you do it or the amount of time that you do it, it has less to do with that than it does your intention and how much effort you give on each session. So I'm trying to find, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a space to do that somewhat full time to get people, to give people a, a, a safe space to do that in. Um, but but those two things right now are really taking up the bulk of my time when I'm not, you know, being family man. Um, <laughs> well, that's great. That's I know. think it's uh, exciting things. And I for sure will share, you know, in the show notes where people can find you. I know you you have an Instagram account. We'll share some yeah. notes for people that want to check you out. But for but, sure, I know this is not going to be um uh, one-off interview i think you're going to become yeah, one definitely. of those of those guests that come in by from time to time because you do have incredible perspectives so i thank you daniel for your time and for being part of uh, this episode of back to basics i thank you for the invite and i'll definitely return you know when the time works out for us absolutely well everybody thanks for joining and until the next episode
Bye-bye. Peace to you. Thanks. You've been listening to Back to Basics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms. This is the best gift you can give us. Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you, and until the next time.